0: Everybody. Welcome to Encuentro. I hope you guys all had a great day. Um, let's begin with a prayer of St. Francis, as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And whether sadness let me bring joy. Divine master grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled but to console, not so much to be understood, but to understand, not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Today's Gospel reading was, uh, is from St. Matthew, uh, chapter 11, verses 25 to 27. Uh, this is the Gospel reading for Wednesday. Uh, At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. You know, earlier today, uh, someone asked me a question that uh, I've been asked, believe it or not, just like over a week ago. You know, it, uh, it's it's a question that's kept popping up uh, a number of times actually, so many times over the over the past two years uh, since I came home, and it's 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 a it's a very friendly harmless question, but you know, I guess people people sometimes wonder, you know, uh, uh, and each time I'm asked, you know, uh, I've noticed over over the last two years, you know, I came home in July of twenty twenty one, actually the. Uh, the two year anniversary of my homecoming is uh, fast approaching. Um, But anyway, uh, each time I've been asked uh, this question or something similar over the last two years, I've noticed that uh, the feelings that have uh, accompanied my attempt to answer the question um, have changed again, you know, over the last two years. Whereas uh, two years ago when I first came home and I was first asked that question, um, I, I I don't I wouldn't say I was miffed. It's just I was I was taken aback, and I didn't exactly know how to answer. And I remember the first thought that came to my mind back then was, you know, I don't think I want to answer your question, Or you know, something like that. Uh, and then you know that that feeling was soon replaced uh, by a little doubt, you know. Um, about myself, you know, about the decision that i 've made uh, about the direction of things you know since since I came home, and you know uh, most of those who know me uh, are familiar with uh, what i 've gone through the last two years. you know things have gotten better uh, health wise not so much but but in terms of you know the other things you know the viral crap and everything. Uh, forgive me for using that word but it really felt like that uh, many times um it it's been an interesting journey uh, you know and uh, that's putting it mildly but again you know uh, as i said uh the 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 initial feeling of uh kind of being taken aback by the question was replaced by a sense of doubt you know um uh and then that, that doubt, eventually, again, when, when I was asked that question again, uh, that doubt was replaced by uh, a sense of concern, you know, uh, and uh, maybe even a little bit of worry, you know. Uh, I started thinking to myself, well, what, what if there's more to that the question? Uh, you're probably wondering, what is the question? I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get to it in a bit. So, you know, I started thinking, well, what if the risks that I've taken aren't worth taking, weren't, or are not worth taking? You know? uh, what if this was not the right thing? Uh, but again, with time, I guess, you know, and you know, with prayer, with constant conversations with the Lord... Especially with, you know, the realization that like, like Peter, you know, we are the ones who sometimes ask Jesus to let us walk on water with him. You know, I mean, we sometimes forget that Peter asked Jesus, Lord, let me walk in the water with you. And, you know, we make choices, we make decisions and, and we ask the Lord to help us with the choices and decisions that we make just like, you know, uh, mine two years ago. Um, But. When we realize that that we are the ones who've actually asked the Lord for certain things like Saint Peter, things begin to change again and so with me, the initial being taken aback, which was replaced by doubt which was replaced by concern, it suddenly changed again you know so today, uh, when somebody asked me a similar question again it was it was completely different you know the, the first thing that I noticed. In me, was a sense of excitement, you know? Kind of like what a kid feels waking up on Christmas morning, you know? You anticipate the toys and and the gifts and the presents and the food and the visitors that, you know, you're going to be encountering that day. That was the feeling that I had, you know, when I was listening to the question being asked, you know, right before I I decided I was going to answer. In fact, at one point, you know, at some point, at some point, after I was asked that question uh, today, I, you know, I, I usually mumble prayers. I mean, I've learned that from my spiritual director many years ago when I was a seminarian. You know, there's a bunch of prayers that I kind of mumble to myself. People sometimes think I talk to myself, but really, you know, I, I'm i praying, you know. I'm saying some of the prayers that I've, um, or poems that uh, I've committed to memory. So today, as I was mumbling one of those prayers, you uh, know, I suddenly had that, that strange feeling, you know, uh, a feeling that I remember I've had a couple times, but it was a feeling that I first encountered the day of my ordination, you know, it's excitement and it's just joy, you know. So, what exactly was the question that I was asked, you know, uh... What is this question that I've been asked many times over the last two years, but that I encountered again today you know and, and and it was this it says you know the question was what does it feel like to be where you're at you know right now? what does it feel like to be where you're at you know you and uh, the question continued well you were you were seminary rector you were you were doing a lot of things and shouldn't you be doing something more you know um shouldn't you be doing something more right now and what what does it feel you know to to be doing all of those things to be having all of those responsibilities and 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 you know to have that job and what does it feel compared to where you're at right now and what you're doing right now you know and and like i said when the question was asked today i noticed again that the feelings have changed, and, and what was there today was a sense of excitement. You know, something that I felt uh, on the day of my ordination, and on another very special day, you know, in, in my own journey of faith and, and vocation. You see, a number of years ago, uh, I was still a student in Belgium. I had the opportunity to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, in what has got to be one of the loveliest and oh holiest places probably on earth you know where one could spend such a holy night you know christmas night and christmas day and it was in assisi you know uh, it was right after diaconate ordination in 1997 it, it was christmas break uh, i had just gotten ordained a deacon a couple of weeks earlier and, in Louvain, you know in belgium and so me and my classmates, we went to Assisi and decided to spend Christmas there. We were in Rome first. Um, on Christmas Day, I remember I woke up very early in the morning. I, you know, I I got up early and I walked out onto the uh, balcony, the balcony of the ho- the hotel, and I I began seeing the the first rays of the dawn kind of piercing through the early morning darkness. You know, the birds were beginning to chirp the air was crisp and cool cold actually and there was this fog all over the place but you could still make out the forms of trees and whatnot all around um, i might as well have been in heaven you know um, but that day christmas day uh, 1997 uh, so we i woke up early i got up early uh, and that morning we me and my classmates, we head down to the uh, Basilica of St. Francis, you know. Um, uh, we attended mass and then we went to the crypt where the uh, where Francis is buried. And we were so fortunate <coughs> on that day that his tunic, you know, Saint, one of Francis's tunics, I guess, uh, was on display. And I remember sitting for a long time, staring at the tomb and at the tunic, that was kept in a, in, a, in a big frame, you know, protected by glass. You know, it was a wooden frame and it was protected by glass. It was right there, you know, before his tomb. And I sat there for a long time. I, I don't know how long. We must have stayed there for hours. Um, and all I could remember was this feeling of tremendous peace, you know. And it was there again today. You know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, back then, I mean, no wonder this place has produced two amazing saints, you know, Francis and Claire. Uh, It was just such a beautiful place. It was such a beautiful feeling. And all I could think of back then was I just wanted to stay. I wish I could have stayed there forever, you know. Frozen there. Staring at the tomb in the tunic. And, uh... It was also another feeling, another thought, apart from wanting to stay there, you know, for good if possible. It was more important. I remember thinking to myself, I want to be exactly like the man buried in that tomb. I want to be like him. You know, because I was thinking to myself, I mean, what else can compare to this? To this feeling, you know, to the thoughts that are now calmed down in my head. You know, I want this. I was thinking to myself, I want this more than anything else. This is so unbelievably amazing. That's what I was thinking back then. It it makes your heart feel like it's going to burst, and your head is spinning because your mind feels like it suddenly hit a wall and then bam, you know. You're not thinking anymore. You're not feeling anymore. You're, you're not desiring anything anymore. You're just there standing in awe <clears throat> and wonder and amazement before something that you just can't grasp. It's something that grasps you instead. I know, you know, all this almost sounds too weird and mystical, I know. But that's how I felt. You know, back then. And that's how I felt today. You know, right after I was asked that question. And I remember all I could say in response was, I like this. This is great. People won't understand, but this is great. You know, there is so much joy in this. I mean there was joy when I was doing all the work and and having all that responsibility but but this is amazing too. You know, in the gospel reading that we read Jesus praises the Father and says, you know, you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and you have revealed them to little children. In another part of the gospel, he says that unless we acquire the heart of a child, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. And in yet another part of the gospel, he says, whoever does not welcome a child is unfit for the kingdom of God. Um, Albert Einstein, you know, once said, he says, and I'm quoting here, it says the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It's the source of all true art and science. Whoever does not know it and can no longer wander, who can no longer marvel, is as good as dead. His eyes are dimmed. It was the experience of mystery, Einstein says, that that engendered religion, a knowledge of the existence of something that we cannot penetrate. He says, our perceptions of the, the most profound reason in the most radiant beauty, which only in their most primitive forms are accessible to our minds. And then he continues, he says, It is this knowledge, this motion that constitutes true religiosity. And then he finishes by saying, In this sense, and only in this sense, am I a deeply religious man. There is something deep and hidden and amazing in ordinary everyday life, in the simplicity of plain, mundane, seemingly insignificant chores. I'm mean, sure it's great to be building things and raising funds and, you know, and being responsible for a whole bunch of people I and mean, that was great. There's also something truly awesome and by by that I mean something that is awe-inspiring in the simple in the plain and in the ordinary. Something that once we feel it and touch it and taste it we know that we have been grasped by something, that we're held by something. And we can only respond to that something with, with wonder, with amazement, with awe, and in a very real sense, with worship. We bow down before it and we surrender to it. You know, like a, like a child running to his dad or his mom and leaping into their arms with, with supreme abandon. Knowing, you know, not just that everything will be all right because they will catch us, but that once we are in their arms, you know, it's one of the cats is playing with stuff again. Again, you know, that when, when, once we're in their arms, there's, there's going to be that kind of joy to which nothing can compare. The Lord opens up certain things to us. And when we find joy and, and awe and wonder at, at that thing that He opens up, that mystery that unfolds, that He allows to unfold before us, there's nothing that can compare to it. It's like a child getting so excited about Christmas morning and about everything that that the day holds for him. I'd like to end this reflection with a poem uh, by uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins. I'm sure some of you may have heard of this or may have read it. It's one of the things I mumble to myself from time to time. Uh, it's called God's grandeur. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. It will flame out like shining from foil. It gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil. Crushed. Why do men then now not wreck his rod generations have trod have trod have trod and all is seared with trade bleared smeared with toil and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell the soil is bare now nor can foot feel being shod and for all this nature is never spent there lives the dearest freshness deep down things and though the last lights of the black west went oh morning at the brown brink eastward springs because the holy ghost over the bend world broods with warm breast, and ah, bright wings. There is so much joy in the wonder and the mystery that unfolds before us in the ordinary and simple events, activities of daily life. That's how it has been for me over the last two years, the ups and downs notwithstanding. Sometimes it requires us to think and analyze. Other times it just asks of us to accept things and and embrace things with the excitement of a child on Christmas morning or in my case that Christmas morning that I was in C.C. enjoying everything experiencing something that for lack of a better word was like heaven and today when somebody asked me that question I felt the same way And so I thought to myself, ah, I am in the right place. There's joy, there is happiness. This is where God wants me to be. And I am filled with excitement. I certainly hope that you too find those moments and embrace them and just live them. And like a child, Just enjoy them.